podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Mintz. Today, we are previewing the second game of the season for the Kansas Jayhawks football team against Coastal Carolina. It is their first road game of the season. Uh, Going to be completely honest, I think most people are not expecting Kansas to really be that competitive in this one. But the season does go on. We do need to talk about this one. So to help me do that, I do actually have returning to the podcast, uh, Joe Cashin. He is the play-by-play announcer for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Um, you know, we we had him on last year to talk about this team right before they took off after, you know, beating Kansas in a a very unpleasant fashion for KU fans, but having back to kind of talk about this team and what they expect coming into this year, all the the expectations and all the extra attention that they're getting. But we'll get over to that interview in just a minute here. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about the sponsor for today's podcast. That is Symbol. Uh, Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. You can use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. I jumped on the Kansas bandwagon uh, over on Symbol, you know, before the season started, got my payout when they went ahead and beat South Dakota. And while I, I don't necessarily know about what those payouts are going to look like the rest of the year, you know, the, it's actually kind of funny because the value for for Kansas actually dropped, which means you can buy low and wait for them to, you know, make that rebound under Lance Leipold and really, really start to profit when they when they actually make that jump up. Symbol, though, is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Rock Chalk Podcast. They're going to be holding a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using the promo code CHALK12, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. To do that, just go to www.symbol.app. That is S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P to create a free account. And again, when you deposit, make sure you use that promo code CHALK12. That's CHALK12 for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Before we get over to our coastal preview, just wanted to give you guys a quick recap and a look ahead for the Olympic sports. We didn't get an opportunity to do it on Monday uh, with with Mike, so I wanted to make sure that we actually went ahead and took a look at these. Because, again, we, we like to cover all the programs here on the Rock Chalk podcast for, for the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, so we definitely don't want to miss out on recognizing what the other great teams that we have across the entire athletic department we have and, and what they've done. So the starting with Kansas volleyball over this last weekend, they actually had a three uh, a three match tournament that they played the LUV invite. They won the first match against Lipscomb who was the host. Uh, they won that in straight sets three to nothing. They beat Wake Forest in the second game or in, in the second match, three sets to two. And then unfortunately they were swept by Western Kentucky in the final um, zero to three. So, you know, it's one of those things where unfortunately can't always get them all, but they do have an opportunity with the Kansas Invitational coming up this weekend, three matches at home um, starting uh, actually on the ninth, which is today when this episode comes out, uh, they, they host Delaware at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Friday, they host Wichita State at 7 p.m. And then Saturday, on September 11th, they do host, at 1 p.m., they host Kent State. Um, all of those are at home. If you have an opportunity to go out and actually support them in person, I highly recommend it. If not, all of those matches are on ESPN Plus on the Big 12 Now Network, um, so you can catch all of them there to make sure that you actually are supporting the women 
that play volleyball for the University of Kansas. Uh, we also had the women's soccer team in action. They had two games this last weekend, or I'm sorry, this last week. The first one uh, was an away game against Memphis that unfortunately they dropped one to nothing, and then they won another away game at Arkansas State. Uh, that that was on Sunday. They won that one one to nothing. Both of those were on ESPN Plus. Uh, so you actually go back and watch those replays if if you'd like to be able to catch them. Coming up this week, they do have uh, a a home game against Cincinnati. That's a, a you know a future potentially Big Twelve matchup um, that, that we'll be seeing. That is again Thursday night at seven p.m. on the on the ESPN Plus Big Twelve Now Network, um, and then on Sunday, uh, on the twelfth, they are playing Washington State again at home uh, on the ESPN Plus Network at one p.m. Uh, so you can go out there again if you have the opportunity to go out there and actually support the women in person. I highly recommend it. Um, but definitely do whatever you can, even if it's just watching them either live or on the replay to make sure that you're understanding what it is that these great teams are doing. I am working to try to get guests for those two different programs to come on the podcast. We can talk about those teams and actually get more of an inside look into what they're doing. Um, I will keep you guys updated on what we're able to do. Two other sports I want to talk about really quick. Men's golf uh, participated in the Marquette Intercollegiate over the weekend. It was a 17-team field and Kansas placed fifth at the end of it. So, uh, that is the men's golf off to a great start to start the year. They have another tournament. Uh, the Gopher Invitational is coming up this weekend on Sunday and Monday. So definitely keep an eye there to, to kind of see what you can do in terms of following it. We will give you guys an update next week as well on that at some point. So um, and then cross country. Finally, Kansas, uh, you know, hosted the Bob Timmons Classic on September 4th. Uh, that was the most recent that would would have been this last Saturday. Uh, Kansas, it was a it was a pretty small field, but Kansas placed first, both men's and women's, um, had a lot of really great finishers. So uh, they they do have the next action there for the cross country team is uh, September twenty fourth and twenty fifth, the the Rimrock Farm High School Classic that is coming up again. That is in Lawrence, so you'll have an opportunity to kind of keep you know watch them in action at that point if you are local, um, or we will keep you guys updated on what those are. So. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get over to this preview that we have with Joe Cashin, the play-by-play announcer for the Coastal Carolina football team. Um, definitely, it was an absolutely great interview. Before we do that, though, let me go ahead and throw it to a quick break so we can hear about some of the other great podcasts we have here on the 1012 Network. We'll be right back. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by my brother, Jeremy J. N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, anyplace. Get at your boys. And I'm joined by Joe Cashin. He is the uh, play-by-play announcer for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Joe, how are you doing today? Welcome back to the podcast. Andy, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Always a fun time when these two teams get together. Look. Looking forward to talking about it. A yeah, bit. yeah. I mean, I I don't know if I want them to like renew the series or anything like that, considering where Kansas is compared to you know how well Coastal's taken off. But maybe at some point down the road we can get these teams back together and 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 hopefully it'll be actually a really good game as opposed to the uh, you know up and down and, and bigger bigger margins than I think most Kansas fans would actually enjoy uh, that the last few ones have been and that this one is probably going to end up being. But I did actually want to talk about Coastal first. Um, you know, obviously last year was an, a, a fantastic year for you guys. Um, you know, absolutely great how many wins you guys had, uh, you know, getting up ranked as high as you did, going to a fantastic bowl game. Um, you know, like, 
first of all, just with how new you guys are to Division One and where you guys are at, like how how much of a, or I guess how how weird is it to be able to get as high as you guys have as as quickly as you have? You know, it was kind of out of the out of the blue, honestly. Except maybe to the people that were you know, in that in that field house. I think everybody in there had a belief that last year's team could accomplish some great things. I mean, we weren't far away in 2019, but I don't think that anybody, you know, honestly really felt like an 11 win season was coming, you know, wins over ranked teams like Louisiana. And then the big thing over BYU and getting over the app state hump in the Sunbelt conference. I mean, we felt, we felt like we could play with teams and be better. We weren't again, far off in, in 2019, but to turn that corner and to do it, you know, like we did, I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. And, you know, we, we've been division one since we've been football. It's just the classification, you know, FCS to FBS. We haven't been FBS all that long. So it was really, yeah, kind of sorry. A, that, that, that quick step up to, yeah. you know, to go from 63 scholarships to get up to 85 and then to be able to make things happen the special way that they happened last season. I mean, for, for me, it was just, you know, given everything that was going on, you know, in the world with COVID and shutdowns and, you know, having to, to, to mitigate around that and keep kids safe and keep people safe and to be able to, you know, do what we did was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I, I was to say, I, I actually remember when I was previewing the first game of this three game series and, you know, talking with, uh, with, with the, the SB nation guy that actually covers, uh, coastal. And he was talking about how, you know, um, you know, it, it was a, a fairly recent transition from FCS to, to FBS and, you know, while, while there were definitely signs, like it seemed like things were, were getting there. It was just a matter of, you know, how long was it going to take for them to be able to put it together and be competing for the conference title and, and all of this stuff. And to go from that in 2019 to all of a sudden in 2020, like easily you could say that they're one of the best teams in the nation, you know, they undefeated until the bowl games. Like there was a lot going on last year. It was absolutely fantastic year for you guys. It's, it's definitely got to be a whirlwind being able to go from, you know, 2019 was a, hey, this is a good step forward where, you know, we're, we're maintaining where we were the last year or so. We're taking that next step forward, probably going to have a bowl game next year. I don't think anyone quite realized just how good that bowl game was going to be. So um, did want to ask, though, like how, how different is it getting ready for this season where there's a whole bunch of expectations? Coast Carolina is ranked in the preseason poll. Like how different does it feel to have those expectations on the team? And, and have you noticed any kind of changes in the way that the team is preparing or that the team is talking about things? You know, I was really interested to see how we would come out against the Citadel in terms of our, you know, sense of urgency, you know, the, the edge that we would play Would we come out last season, like we played, like we had that, that fire and that energy, you know, the, the edge that you have to have to go out and win ball games. That's what I was interested in seeing. And that's what I saw, you know, last Thursday night against the Citadel, obviously, yeah, you mentioned the expectations. That's what's different about it. You know, I mean, no one expected us to do anything. In fact, we were picked to finish last in the Sun Belt last year. This season, we're picked to finish tied for first, you know, in our conference, at least in our division. And you know, we, we're penciled in for this bowl game projection and that bowl game projection. And, you know, national media types want to talk to this player or that player. And certainly everybody wants to talk to Coach Chadwell and this, the media attention and, and everybody that's, you know, having – uh, taking a close look under a microscope, this this program is this season. When you're nationally ranked, people are talking about you. They want to they want to know what's going on in Conway, South Carolina. They want to know how Coastal Carolina went from three and nine and five and seven and five and seven the first three FBS years to all of a sudden 
11 and one, you know, and the national darlings, quite frankly, one of the best stories, if not the best story of college football last year, you know, when you get right down to it, everything that we had going on, and you know, just, uh, it is different, obviously, again, expectations, attention, but again, I like the way we came out in our first game. I, it didn't look like to me that we had a lot of kids that were resting on their laurels that had their heels kicked up, you know, thinking, Hey, we've made it now we're here. You know, can't, can't be that way and continue to be good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously the expectations are different. And like you said, like with the expectation that you guys are going to be a good team this year, people want to obviously know more about the team. And and, and I am going to be completely honest. Like I, even though, you know, the great season that you guys had last year started with beating Kansas the way that you guys did, you know, I was still, I was still rooting not only because, Hey, it looks, it makes Kansas look better if, you know, the team that beat them beginning of the year goes on to have a really, really good year. But also just like you said, the story, like it was, it's an absolutely great story to come from where this team had been, how recently they transitioned to be able to put it all together like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of a BYU fan as well, being LDS, but that game was absolutely fantastic. It was great to see that game. And it was one of those games where, you know, you could make an argument that that was one of the marquee matchups of the regular season last year was that coastal game against BYU. And it was absolutely fantastic to see that in the COVID environment that we were in. There was a lot of excitement. A lot of people were talking about that, which I'm sure really helps to make more people want to know about this team, you know, and, and know about what is going on there. So let, let's go ahead and transition to the actual team itself. Obviously, I think a lot of people are familiar with the quarterback for Coastal Carolina, um, you know, in McCall. But coming into this year, what, what kind of expectations are there for him and then for the rest of the offense as well? Again, they think, you know, player of the year in the conference. That's where he was, you know, that's where he's kind of projected just to see, you know, kind of follow up on what he did last season when he stepped in there and just really won that quarterbacking job. And had just an absolutely phenomenal year, a guy that could play at the next level, one of the top quarterbacks in all of college football, not just the group of five schools. That's kind of what everybody's thinking Grayson's going to do again this year. And he looked the part the other night in our, in our first game again, you know, I'll be it against an FCS opponent, but he came out and was extremely sharp. Looked like we saw Grayson look last season. So if he maintains that level of work, that, that ethic, you know, he, he continues to, to get better and improve and make good decisions. Yeah, there's no reason why he can't be player of the year again. And, you know, right up there, maybe in the Heisman talk, who knows? I mean, I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in all of football. You know, again, whether it's G5 or P5 or wherever the heck he plays, that's that's how good that kid is. So looking forward to, to watching him spin it again this season. And he certainly has a lot of help on the offensive side of the ball back here in 2021. Yeah, so, let, so let's talk about some of that help because, you know, obviously there, there has been some turnover of players, but, you know, I, I also think it was long enough ago and Kansas fans are trying to block out, I think, enough of what happened last season uh, with them going winless that that they probably don't remember, you know, who that supporting cast is or, or who the new guys are. So what what kind of other talent is there, especially the skill position players like which which guys are we probably going to hear quite a bit from in this game coming up? If we are successful in this game, you will hear from Isaiah Likely, who I think is the best tight end in all of college football. I mean, he's 6'4 and 250. He is a matchup nightmare for defenses. He has great hands and great footwork and great speed for a guy his size. He gets open. You know, we list him as a tight end, but we, I think, really kind of want to move him out a little bit, maybe get him out in a slot, get him out there where he's got some big-time mismatches. If we're going to be good in this game, He's going to have his hands on the ball, as will our wide receiver, Javon Hiley, who caught a touchdown pass last year out in Lawrence. And he's, you know, he's working on 
three consecutive 100-yard receiving games. You know, going back to the last two games of last season, he has 30 catches in his last three games. So if we're going to be good, he's going to get his hands on the ball. Reese White, Shamari Jones, they had two touchdowns each. And uh, the game against the Citadel, their running backs, we're going to feed them the football too. And they're, and they're kind of a one-two combination. They're taking over for a guy that really can't be replaced, and that was C.J. Marable, who had a great career at Coastal. So those guys are going to have to step up and, and step in there to that role. And then you know, our offensive line, we have three super seniors back, you know, the six-year eligibility kind of guys, three super seniors on that offensive front. You know, to, to include Sammy Thompson and Trey Carter, who I think is the best, and Stephen Badosky. You also have Antoine Loper over there, who's a senior. And then a great, you know, young football player, a sophomore, and Willie Lampkin, you know, up there on that offensive front, who, who you know, who, he's going to be a great one by the time he gets out of Coastal. So you'll hear those guys, maybe not so much the guys in the trenches, because we never talk about them, so that's why I'm talking about them. But the skill guys that I mentioned, if we're successful – They'll have their hands on the ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kansas fans especially know how how important the guys in the trenches are because if you don't have them, you know, you can't really do much no matter how good the rest of your players are. Kansas has run into that in the last, you know, 10 years. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to be, I think, a really, really big portion of that game, uh, you know, how well Kansas' defensive line is able to actually get a push against that offensive line. So so we'll see how that one plays out. I, I do think, though, kind of what you're talking about. They, they're, there's so many different weapons that Coastal Carolina has that – I think it's going to be hard for Kansas to keep up with all of them, um, which means that Kansas' offense is going to have to actually put up some points to have any chance in this particular game. But I did, I did want to ask though before we transition over to the defense, uh, talking specifically just about this offense, like what what kind of style does this offense typically like to play? Like if they could pick, you know, what that's going to be. Like is it is it a lot of passing, a lot of running, or is there something kind of in the middle that they that they really like to do? Andy, that's a great question, and I wish I could really answer that because they do kind of what the what they'll take what the defense gives them. I mean, this team can grind it out with the run game. We'll run the spread option offense, and you know, you alluded to the BYU game a few minutes ago. We were able to grind those guys down and just hold on to the ball forever, you know, and we're able to pull out that ball game 22-17. We can hang on to the ball if we need to. And then if we get in a situation like we did against Troy in the very next game and we got to go 75 yards and, you know, 35 seconds, we can do that too. You know, we can put the ball in the air and sling it around. So, I mean, really, depending on what the situation is, I really think, you know, if Jamie had his druthers, he would keep it on the ground and, and shorten the game. But we've got Grayson McCall out there who can spin it and guys that can catch it. So, it is, I think, situationally dependent on what we're seeing from the defense and where the game is at the particular time. I, I like the fact that we can be balanced in that regard. We can run it as effectively as we can throw it. Yeah, I, I also feel like going into this game with Kansas's, you know, like their preference to be slow the game down, limit the number of possessions, you know, try to make this a grinded out game. I, I think the Coastal is probably going to want to run as fast as they possibly can. Um, just, just because it, it definitely – it's at odds with what Kansas wants to do. And I do think that you guys have the horses to be able to do it. And so um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that actually, you know, goes on Friday night um, and what Kansas defense is able to do. Cause Kansas it has a, has a really good secondary, not quite so good linebackers, but they do have a, a pass rush that can get home a decent amount of times. Now, the question, of course, is going to be how, how good this offensive line is able to kind of hold up, you know? And, and, and so like what we saw from Kansas defensively um, in their game against South Dakota was that while they didn't always get home and, you know, and, and, and get the sack, they were causing a lot of pressure in the backfield. Um, you know, how, how good is, was this, or I should say, 
in, in terms of how many guys that have, that have carried over, what, what, what kind of sense do you have in terms of the ability to pick up pass rushes and, and, and to be able to, to protect Grayson McCall with a lot of different guys rushing from a lot of different areas? I, mean, I like these guys. Again, I mean, these are experienced guys. They've been around the block. Again, we played a lot of different styles of defenses last season, and you know they did a great job of protecting Grayson. Now, what Grayson will do is he will climb the pocket and step away from pressure. He will buy himself some time. He does a great job of helping himself out to extend plays. If let's say somebody up there misses an assignment, you know they a guy comes free. Grayson has an innate ability. <laughs> you know if he has to extend a play, like I said, climb the pocket, move around, step away from pressure you know, f- find a new launch point, whatever he can do that. And again, he can get out the back door if he has to, to, uh, you know, right. pick up a good gain on the ground. He's got the wheels to do that. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how well Kansas is going to be able to stop what he wants to do. It sounds like coastal has so much going for them that it's going to be a, a re- really difficult to be a lot of guessing and, and hoping that you're right. Um, you know, to, 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 if you have any hope of kind of slowing down what, what Coastal wants to do. But I do want to go ahead and jump over the defense because I think that's probably going to be the key matchup to determine how well Kansas is actually able to stick into this game. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Talk podcast. Are you a Big 12 basketball-obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we're back. All right. So here here with Joe Cashin, play-by-play for Coastal Carolina football. Uh, Joe, talking about the defense for Coastal Carolina, because I, I honestly think that this is like the big matchup. This is where it's going to be the most important um, specifically, Kansas has had some issues with offensive line and the protection. Just how how much of a menace is the defensive line for Coastal Carolina? I think we're solid up there. I think we're really good in a couple of spots with our defensive tackle, C.J. Brewer. He's a super senior. He had nine tackles last week. I think he's got the opportunity to play on Sundays. You know, he, he's obviously with a wealth of experience and talent. Uh, Gerard Clark is in there along with Travis Geiger at our nose guard position. You'll probably see those guys flip-flop around. Both of those guys had really solid seasons last year. And we do start uh, a redshirt freshman over there where Teron Jackson, you know, vacated. He was our all-everything, all-sunbelt you know, conference defensive player of the year defensive end. We start a, a redshirt freshman over there who had a solid debut against the Citadel. So I think we're, we're really good up front. And then, of course, we've got our bandit in. Jeff Gunner, who had an interception last year in Lawrence. I mean, he jumped up there in, in that passing lane and batted it to himself. And a lot of NFL scouts really love Jeff, and I think he'll go to the next level. He had a big game uh, in our opener against the Citadel. So, you know, if, if we bring him down and we bring him on some pressures along with Enoch McConzo, uh, who's our, our spur guy on defense, I, I like our chances to be able to put some pressure on the quarterback and, and, and make him make some mistakes. Yeah, so I did want to ask that because I am looking at the box score for, for the Citadel game. And, I mean, like I'm not seeing any sacks uh, from any individual players. So, like, I'm, I'm, I am kind of curious how much pressure they actually bring. Like, how much of a it, – it does it seem like they focus more on just – solid clogging up running lanes, you know, getting some pressure, or do they do a lot of do whatever you have to, to get to the quarterback? 
about the Citadel game, they played a triple option style offense. And so they didn't put the ball in the air okay. much at all. I figured it was something weird like that. Because I was like, I was like, I, I, I thought you guys <laughs> had a lot of at, defensive mind. You're looking at like, scratching your head going, what, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah, I think, they, I don't have the, throw it, did they throw it six times? I don't even know that they did Oh, that. I didn't even look at that. Yeah, it looks like... Uh, Oh, I just had it pulled up. But anyway, yeah, no, it yeah. was it was just really weird to look at that. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. There's literally like no, there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of behind the line pressure, but you're right. No, oh my gosh. Danger. Yeah, a total of six throws. So that makes a whole lot more sense than than what I was looking at just, just based off of the, the actual stats in the game. So, But see what that's going to do for us, though. That's going to put us in a little bit of a bind, you know, because we had to prepare against that style of offense for about eight or nine practices. And so right. hopefully – you know, hopefully we can get our guys back in the mindset of playing a, you know, a quote, traditional unquote offense, you know, in Kansas and, and to try to get them back into what they normally do. We had to play a bunch of guys out of position, you know, just to try to, you know, combat what the Citadel does with that triple option. Again, no, no throwing of the football, just dives and, you know, option at the corner and pitching and all that kind of stuff. So our guys, that that, that is something to, you know, to be watchful for in this ball game. Can Kansas maybe take advantage a little bit of that? You know, can they take advantage of maybe some rustiness on the coastal defense part from what we had to do against the Citadel to try to turn around in a week to get ready for Kansas? Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's part of what I'm wondering, because normally you would think that that would be a, a big advantage, but based off of what Kansas did last week, like they, they sold out a lot on the run. Like they tried to do a whole bunch of running and, and so like, I'm not even sure, you know, how much of that, like they're going to be able to take advantage of because, you know, Kansas last last week they had uh I think they had they ran it a total of like uh 40 something times like they had a ton of rushes yes they passed quite a bit too um uh, especially in that second half so I guess really the question you're right is going to be how much is Kansas trying to go over the middle with passing how much are they going to try to test those linebackers and and you know safeties and corners to see what kind of rustiness is there but the one thing that I am afraid of is because they have such a big stable of running backs that they're going to go ahead and try to you know get a whole bunch of guys going rushing and that may not necessarily be the best way to do it against a team, like you said, that's been focusing so much on a triple option and so much on a rushing game. Um, you know, I, I do, though, want to ask about, you know, that 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 defensive secondary, because honestly, I think where Kansas has a lot of talent that's underappreciated is is at their wide receiver core. Um, you know, they have a lot of guys that can that can get a lot of stuff going. Um, you know, they have a they have a, a a tight end who did a really, really good job last week, you know, had a lot going for him. And so I guess Mason Fairchild, you know, he had some spectacular catches. The question I think is going to be how much are they going to actually do that? So like how much in terms of the talent that's there, not accounting for the fact that, you know, that they, they were selling out so much for the, for the triple option last week, like just, just talking about that base defense for the secondaries and the linebackers, you know, who, who are the guys there that are going to be anchoring those positions and really stopping Kansas if, if Kansas isn't able to get any kind of success going over, over the air? Well, you know, on our linebackers, you got Teddy Gallagher and, and Silas Kelly in there. They're another couple of super seniors that we've had, obviously, you know, going on their six seasons of el- eligibility now. You know, defensively in the backfield, you know, Jordan Strong came in and he was a, a community college kid. He came to us, transferred last season, had five interceptions. I mean, he was just a big time force for us out there. Yeah, you know, had had a big year. And so, 
You know, if we're doing a good job on the back end, I'm sure he will factor in. Alex Spillum and Braden Matt's back there at safety. Those guys are solid. They, they're experienced. They've been around the block a, you know, a time or two. Both of them had some big games at the end of last season you know, with some big picks and fumble recoveries and whatnot, passes broken up. Uh, Derek Bush is another guy who had, had a big play in Lawrence last season early in the ball game. So uh, he's yeah, our other guy. I remember that one. <laughs> um, Jacob Prochet is a new, a new youngster. Uh, who's, uh, whose older brother's with the Ravens. You know, he, he's a youngster who got the start at corner for us last week. So, you know, he, he's, a, he's a new guy that we're working in there and we think is going to be a really good one, you know. So we, we've got some talent back there and some experience. And, you know, again, that, uh, you know, the passes they didn't see last week, I would imagine they're probably going to see this week. But, you know, if I'm Kansas, I, I want to shorten this game, honestly. I don't, right. you know, if, if I'm successful – you know, you know, Gardner had what 81 yards against us last year. Had that big 61 yarder. You know, that kind of started to tighten the game down a little bit there in the second half. If I'm them, I, I want to try to maybe feed him the ball and you know get that you know rotation of KU running backs involved and maybe try to shorten the game a little bit. Yeah, and, and I think that's the one thing that kind of gives you hope as a Kansas fan is that even with the absolute disastrous start, you know, of all the turnovers and getting down 28 to three, basically like really early in the game. Um, Kansas was still able to make a big comeback and, and get it fairly close and, you know, look like they had re- recovered an onside kick um, to be able to get themselves back within one score. And so, like, there is definitely some hope that if Kansas can can just take things slow and avoid a really disastrous start, that they can at least be in the game and make it competitive and have an opportunity at the end of the game to try to make it a little bit more uncomfortable. Obviously, I think that Coastal Carolina is a lot better now than people thought they were going into last year. Um regardless of what you actually, you know, how good they actually were at that point. Like they definitely have a much better reputation at this point um, and, and a lot more expectations. So Kansas comes into this one, you know, trying to play the spoiler. I don't think there's really any expectations for what Kansas does here. Um, and so I, I do think that that kind of helps them out a little bit in that, you know, there's, there's not that pressure of having to be the team that is supposed to win this game because I don't think anybody actually expects them to even keep it close. Um, looking at this game though, like, the the coastal defense where could kansas like not talking necessarily about the potential rustiness but just looking at the way that this defense is set up what kind of places would kansas be best suited to or best trying to attack if they were to like like what's the 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 quote unquote weakness in this defense because honestly i I don't i don't necessarily see one but if you're going to try to find a weak point like where should you be looking Andy, that's a great question. I really don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I see a whole lot in terms of weakness uh, in terms of our defense because we were so good there last season and we got on so many of these guys back this year. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess maybe if teams had some success, they, they got out in space with some speed at times. I think Troy, you know, had us a little bit there in, in that ball game. I think Liberty also did the same thing. They had a, a, a fast quarterback, you know, a really fast guy there that could run. That Malik Willis kid was really, really good. And he got out there in space and just started running. You know, may, maybe that could be a place that, that KU could have some success. I, I just I – don't, I don't know that they would be able to just line it up and, and run, run, run. Right. You know, Appalachian had a they, – they had a, a, a half where they were successful with that, and in the second half they weren't. I mean, you know, we, we did some things. You know, we, we fixed some things and figured some things out. So it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, you know, if they have some success in one area, they, they would probably continue to attack that. So if, I, I'm interested to see kind of what they're going to do, honestly. I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see, you know, especially this 
uh, this Jason Bean kid who played at our stadium last year in the bowl game. Yeah. You know, for North Texas. I mean, this is not his first time at, at Brooks Stadium. You know, how, how does he fare in game number two? Obviously, he had a good game, you know, last week against South Dakota. Good debut. And he, he gives them some experience and some talent. And I'll be interested to see how he how he reacts to this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it'll definitely in- be interesting to see what Kansas is able to do. And and like I said, like Kansas doesn't have any expectations. So, you know, if, if you're looking for an opportunity for both of these teams to feel pretty good about, you know, what's what's coming out of this game, like I definitely think that there's an opportunity for that. If, if Kansas can can cover the spread in this one, which is 25 last I looked like I, I think a lot of people would be optimistic about that if Kansas can show you know some flashes and what and what they're able to do and and to be honest I think that that Coastal is going to use this again as another springboard to, to get themselves going into the rest of the season because regardless of you know yes Kansas is probably one of the worst FBS teams that are out there at this point at least power five um, but you know it, it definitely is a step up from what they had last last week and would give them then an opportunity to kind of start showing what they can do as you start to get to tougher competition so um I mean, I don't think we necessarily need to talk about any sort of predictions or what we think is going to happen for this one, because there are so many open questions. And to be honest, like, I think if anyone's really looking at this, I think everybody kind of expects this to be a fairly easy win for Coastal. The question is going to be how, you know, how, how close is it going into the second half? Like, is it, is it actually a game and then Coastal puts them away or is Kansas going to be so far out of it that you have all the second stringers in and everyone's just trying to get something positive and, and no injuries, but you know, I, I am kind of curious um, how that's going to go. But, uh, Joe, what's what's one other thing that we haven't talked about today that you think Kansas fans or just people in general need to know about this Coastal Carolina team? Oh, wow. Uh, great question. You know, if we come out and, and we don't we don't beat ourselves, you know, Andy, I mean, if, if, t- if somebody's going to beat us, it's not because we're going to beat ourselves. You know, we were one of the most disciplined teams in all of college football last season, you know, plus 13 in the turnover margin. We committed less than four penalties per ball game. So, I mean, if somebody's going to beat us, it's because they, they beat us. Coastal typically, you know, the last 13 plus games does not beat Coastal. I mean, I just, we have done a great job of establishing that and having that be, you know, a big part of our identity and what it is that we do. We don't beat ourselves. I mean, last year in Kansas, you know, KU know, turned the ball over three times and we didn't turn it over. I mean, that was a right. big part of what happened early in that ball game. If we hang on to it and don't commit penalties, I like our chances. And we, again, you know, you got to be a disciplined football team. You got to have that discipline to be good. That's just, that's the way it is. And that's kind of what, what our MO is. And if we're successful on Friday night. It'll be our MO again. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's definitely one of those things, especially when you take the giant leap forward that you guys did last season. Like, you have to play some fundamentally sound football, not make a lot of mistakes. You can't really beat yourself because it is going to come back to bite you if if you're doing that with any kind of regularity. So, all right, Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for giving us this this kind of peek at what Kansas fans can expect. And, you know, I, I know that I personally am going to be rooting for Coastal, partly because, you know, no matter what happens in this in this game, I don't know that I can get upset with the way it goes. So I'm not going to have any hard feelings towards Coastal. But for, for those that want to continue to follow what Coastal Carolina is doing, how how can they do that online, whether it's following you or following the actual program itself? Well, you can go to our website at goccusports.com, and that's where our uh, our sports information people like Kevin Davis and his staff, they put together great content. It's all there. You want to know about us, that's the one-stop shop to, to, to follow us. And also our Twitter accounts, too, uh, at Coastal Football. 
you know, great way to you know, keep up with what's going on with, with Sean Clear football. And, you know, I'm, I'm at cash and J 68 on Twitter. So, you know, just a, a myriad of ways and you, you can just go to go sports.com and it's got all the links right there to, to follow us in the 2021 season. Perfect. Well, I, I know that, uh, you know, I am looking forward to next season when I can unabashedly follow coastal as my favorite G five school um, because Kansas won't be playing them at that point. So I don't have to worry about, you know, them being good enough to just completely take Kansas behind the woodshed. So, but Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Andy, thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. And that is going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks to Joe for joining me uh, to, to preview this, this team. But uh, if you haven't already, please to go out wherever you get your podcasts, there's Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for rock chalk podcast. So you can subscribe to the podcast and get every episode. As soon as it comes out, we really do, bring you guys the podcast to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you can give us a rating and review five stars on us comments, would be absolutely great. But if not, let us know what it is we can be doing better. Um, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by Twitter at rock chalk pod or by email at rock chalk podcast at gmail.com. We are on the 1012 network. Um, you know, so again, we have a bunch of great podcasts over there covering all the teams in the Big 12. Um, you know, go to 1012 Network on Twitter so you can get links to all of those shows. That is at TEN12 Network. Um, you visit our sponsor, Symbol. Absolutely great what they're doing there. Absolutely love what they have going on. So I highly recommend you go over there, get signed up, use promo code CHALK12. That's CHALK12 with a $25 deposit, and you can get entered into an opportunity to win two, get two tickets to a Big 12 game this season. Absolutely fantastic. But that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Joe, again, thank you so much for joining me. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Network.